Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. We will rejoice. We will be glad. We will sit uh, amazed and blown away by your faithfulness. We will celebrate and worship the Lamb of God that was slain, the King of glory that raised from the dead. Father, we pray that this day you might give us evidence of that power, that we might share it. You have come to give us life and give us life in abundance. We pray, Father God, for what's going on in the landscape of our nation, Lord. That this has not caught you off guard. This does not surprise you. For you have said that you're going to do something in our day. That if you were to tell us, we wouldn't be able to contain or believe it, oh God. So we pray that you bless your word today. And that it would become life. And that you would raise up, oh God, those things dead in our lives. Despondency, disappointment, discouragement. And that you... You transform our mourning into dancing. Father God, our expectation comes forth. In Jesus' name, we pray that your word would issue forth and not return void. Bless it, O God, and make it an encouragement. And may it edify us. May we grow thereby that you bring us to maturity. In Christ Jesus, we pray. And all of us say, amen, amen. So today as we celebrate that Christ is risen forevermore, uh, there is a power and a substance in this reality. I want to read from, uh, John chapter 1 verse 1. I'm going to read scripture because I believe that that's the pure essence of his word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Verse 4. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. Verse 5. And that light shines in the darkness. But the darkness did not comprehend it. Matthew 28, 6. The glorious announcement. He is not here. As they ran to the tomb, the announcement was made. Imagine that. It would have turned heads. It would have turned hearts. It would have turned lives around. He's not here. For he is risen. Just as he said. You know, one of the things about God is that he never leaves us in the dark. He always tells us what he's going to do. We have a problem with believing it. Just as he said. He's not here. He's risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay. The only thing you could see there is where he was. And the reason is because he's no longer there. 
He is risen. He is not here. John chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. What what a satisfaction to know that each day of Jesus' life, he was living according to God's game plan, to his Father's will. And he, knowing that all things were now accomplished, he was on the other side of the call to lay down his life. He says, and that the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. Verse 29. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they lifted a sponge with sour wine, put on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. Verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Luke 23, 44. It was now noonday, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Verse 45, for the sun had stopped and was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Verse 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Verse 47, so when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. Verse 48, when all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. Verse 49, but all those who were with him, including the woman who followed him from Galilee, she stood at a distance watching these things. Verse 50, now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the good, a member of the council, a good and just man. Verse 51, who had not consented to their decision and deed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. Verse 52, this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Verse 53, then he took it down and wrapped it in linen And laid it in a tomb that he was uh, out of the rock. That was hewn out of the rock. Where no one had ever lain before. Verse 54. That was the day. That day was the preparation. And the Sabbath drew near. Verse 55. 
And the woman who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Verse 56. Then they returned and prepared the spices and the fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Matthew 16, verse 1. Let's go back to John 19, verse 39. And Nicodemus, who at first came to see Jesus by night, came. And he brought a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about a hundred pounds. All these seasonings of mixture to prepare those who would die, to anoint the body. Verse 40. And they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with spices as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Verse 41. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in that garden a new tomb in which one had not yet been laid. We just read that that was of Joseph of Arimathea. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, the day after they laid him in the tomb, Mary... And Martha and the mother of James and Solomon bought spices. They brought the spices that they might come and anoint him. Verse 2. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Verse 3. And they said amongst themselves, Who will help us remove the stone that is covering the door of the tomb. A large stone. Verse 4. But when they looked, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was a very large stone. Verse 5. And entering the tomb... They saw a young man clothed in long white robes sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Verse 6. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. Verse 7. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 8 that they went out quickly and fled from the tomb for they trembled. And were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Second Corinthians 5:17. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18. Now all things are of God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Verse 3. He is despised and rejected by men. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 4. Surely... He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, punished and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by him, by his stripes, we are healed. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Verse 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. Verse 9. He was taken, and they made his grave with the wicked, 
But with the rich of the, at his death, because he had alone, he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Verse 11. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He is called the Lord of the empty tomb, the risen Christ, the author of life, the victorious king of glory, my Lord, my Savior. The Bible says in Hebrews 7.25 that he lives forever to make intercession for us. He's also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. What a glorious, glorious description of our king and that which we celebrate today. I want to say that we are uh, together with him in his resurrection. Uh, the verse found here uh, I've listed as uh, 1 Corinthians 6.14. It says that God has not only raised up the Lord, but will also raise up his people by his power. What does the resurrection bring but an incredible, tangible, and substantive hope that just like Jesus was raised from the dead, so God who raised up the Lord will also raise us up by his power. That's the hope of the Christian faith. Without the resurrection, we have no hope. Our faith would be dead. It would be useless. The Bible says there also in first in Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Romans 8:11, if that spirit that was in him, if the Holy Spirit, the power of the spirit of God who raised up Jesus from the dead, if that spirit dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. So to be filled with that spirit is our aim. To have a large measure of the spirit of God in our lives is our call. The Lord destroyed death there at the tomb. The Lord conquered death. And, and we see that this offering of life comes to all who celebrate this victory. 
1 Corinthians 15, 20, the Bible says, Now Christ is risen from the dead, and he is the first fruits of those who fall asleep. What's that mean? That after Passover, there was a celebration that was celebrated by the Jews called the first fruits. And Jesus was raised from the dead as the evidence of the first fruits that God would harvest in the land. The first fruit means that there's going to be a harvest coming after the resurrection of Christ. And that's you and I. You and I shall be raised with the same power and the same spirit in the same victory following the example of our Lord. Now, as we live out this in a natural context, we know that, that the people of God there in Jerusalem, um, Good Friday, uh, they, they had seen the destruction and the defeat of their expectation. Because Palm Sunday was a day of great celebration, but they weren't seeing that, that the Passover lamb had to give his life and his blood placed upon the covering to rebuke the death angel. And so there Christ would raise up being the first fruits of God. And then that wasn't the end of it. The Lord would tell them that they were to keep Pentecost. That they were to wait in Jerusalem. On the 50th day as they celebrated Pentecost, the Spirit of God came down with power and filled them with the Holy Spirit. This happened 50 days after the crucifixion of Christ. All these events begin to fulfill the, the festival that was to be celebrated amongst the Jews in the springtime. And it was, it was commanded by God that they were to celebrate Passover, that they were to celebrate the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, that they were to celebrate the first fruits, and that they would celebrate Pentecost. The receiving of the Holy Spirit. Now as I, as I track these people in their celebrations, I'm reminded of their exodus back in the Old Testament. As they celebrated Passover, as they celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread, as they celebrated um, the going into the Promised Land. They were crossing the wilderness. I say to you, are you prepared to celebrate what God desires us to prepare to celebrate. You know, the Lord led them to the bitter waters at Marah. And so I believe that this is a season for God to deal with your resentment, your bitterness, your offense. You will not be able to inherit what is coming in the land in the coming days if you carry the offense of bitterness. If you're walking with scandal, if you're walking with something that has marked your heart that is not sweet. He also dealt with them by uh, giving them manna from heaven. The unexpected provision from God. In these days where men are trying to figure out, what am I going to do? How am I going to eat? My friend, it's time for you to raise up your eyes to the heavens. And the Bible says God provided for them and they did not lack. That manna that fell from heaven... The word manna means, what is this? You're going to be surprised at the ways God will provide for you in this season of a wilderness, in this season of a desert, a time to get closer to God, 
A time to trust in the Lord. A time to celebrate that God is bringing you in to a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a time to put away immaturity and irresponsibility. It's a time for us to walk close to God and be close to his cloud. And to know that there at, on the 40th day they reached the Mount Sinai. And there God would say, I want you to hear from on high. The same thing as Pentecost. 50 days from Passover, they were told to go in the upper room and to wait on the Spirit of God. Are you prepared to wait for the Spirit of God to endow you with the, with the power to become his martyr? To lose your life for his, to be his witness, to be a testimony in this day and age. The perilous times are ahead. To be lined up with God is the purpose. In that time rose up a crowd of rebels under Korah and great rebellion. The Bible says that the earth opened them up and they were swallowed. I believe that we are living, these are just shadow and types of what we're about to experience. That God is going to have people like Joshua and Caleb who are faithful. Faithful to be consistent to the Spirit of God. The Bible says that the Spirit that was upon them was extraordinary. This is not a time for lame Christians. This is not a time for religious Christians, ritual Christians, Christians that just, that they're just going with the holidays, but not with the tangible substance and expression of true faith. If God did it in the Old Testament, pulling his people out of Egypt and walking with them in the desert, and he did it in the times of Christ, and we see the fulfillment of the Passover lamb, we see the feast of unleavened bread, we see the, the first fruits being offered. We see Pentecost coming to pass. I believe we're right on track with that season. That we, the people of God, are not looking back historically on these events, but that these events will provide for us a roadmap to what's to come in the future. And that you be willing to put away your bitterness, your rebellion, your disobedience, that you walk as the, the fruits of the harvest of God for this season. That you be filled with the power of his spirit. That no one has to tell you about what happened in a time and a place. Because you are the substance and the fulfillment of the church of the Lord in this day. I, I praise God for all the preachers in the land. Everything that's going on. Just like in the times of Jesus there was political parties. There were political rhetorics. There were all sorts of manner of information going back and forth. But there were the disciples at the feet of God. They were there at the Last Supper. They were there watching him on the cross. They were there the day he rose from the dead. As Peter took off to the tomb to see what they were telling him. And then they were there waiting in the upper room for the outpouring of the Spirit of God. My friend, it's time to stop being religious and start, start walking in reality. All these things have been laid out for us just, just chronologically in order for the fulfillment of God's game plan to separate a people unto himself. That's you and I. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for a risen Christ. Thank you that when anything is dead, 
You have the power of resurrection. You have the power to bring dead things to life. You have the power to bring sterile things to fruitfulness. You have the power to open prison gates. You have the power to turn the tide, to turn our mourning into dancing, to turn darkness into light. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings is our opportunity to shine in this season. We pray, Father God, for a supernatural influence and power to draw us near to the heart of God, to walk in the purpose of God, to put away bitterness and rebellion and defiance, and to draw us back under the shadow of the Most High God. I glorify your name and I thank you for this day we celebrate once again. And it could be the very last time that we have an opportunity to celebrate Easter because you're coming for your people soon and very soon. We glorify your name. We just pray, oh God, that our hearts would be surrendered to you. Forgive us our sins, the multitude of our iniquity. You paid the price and you took upon yourself our sins, our punishment. And we glorify you for your victory, oh God. As you ascended to the heavens and you live forevermore to intercede and to fill us with the spirit of God. That we also might experience the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray and the people of God say, Amen, amen, and amen. Have a glorious Resurrection Sunday. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.